listening to the Cut to the Corn podcast. It's going to stand, and the Huskers have the lead with 17 seconds left. Oh, my goodness. Your homegrown cast over everything Husker football. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of Cut to the Corn. I'm Aaron Bonderson, joined with Nolan Gotch, uh, Nebraska football, coming off a win against Northwestern in pretty emphatic fashion, 56-7. to uh, But I guess off the field, how are you doing, Nolan? You know? Uh, not bad. I got exams this week. Kind of a pain in the butt. Um, other than that, not too bad. Going to Vegas, week and a half. That's right. You're also going to Vegas in a week and a half. Yeah. That'll be good. As uh, famously said in the movie Dodgeball, the land of sand, broken dreams, and $5 (laughs) lobster. (laughs) So I'm excited for the $5 lobster and the sand. Uh, I hope to keep my dreams intact, though. You're going to get another world of food poisoning if you (laughs) you eat $5 lobster. And then I'm going to quote, Vegas vacation. This is the best $1 buffet in town. <laughs> what do they say in it? Is better than the World Wars? The some something and the something combined when they're talking about like the, the World Dodgeball Championships. They're like, oh, it's better than the World Series? The, the World Cup, the, the World, World Series, and, and the and both World, World Wars, Wars combined. combined. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Oh, man, what a great movie. But, wow, that got off topic quickly. Um, huh. Unlike that, like that, we're already a minute 30 into it. There cool. we go. <laughs> but, yeah, Nebraska wins 56-7. Never a doubt, I guess. Um, even though I, I kind of had a doubt, yeah. I'd, we we didn't have an episode last week, and you can understand why. Not a, really a reason to. We would just be bitching for 50 minutes straight and it would just have not been fun to listen to. So we chalked that, and we Aaron has like two lines written down from that, and I'm not even going to allow him to read it. I'm just I'm, I'm saying right now I don't want to hear it. So <laughs> we are uh, moved on to Northwestern. I had my doubts, though, definitely. I, we, we set off camera. Um, Bondo took Nebraska to cover. I did not. I said we win by like seven or under under one score. We ended up winning by just a little bit over one score. Um, you know, forty nine points. That's had had more than the spread. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, just barely by by a few scores. Um, did not. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. 56 to 7 would not have been my score prediction, obviously. Yeah. I would have said like 30 to 14 or something. Yeah. We were doing a lot more giddy up and then woeing. Yeah. We did not take our foot off the pedal. We did a lot more giddy up than woeing. But that's contradictory to Scott Frost's philosophy, though. Yeah, that that's what doesn't make sense to me is I thought he was a woe guy, not a giddy up guy. I don't know when that changed. Nevertheless, though, we score 56 points. Most ever for the Huskers in a Big Ten game. Uh, before that, it was 54 against uh, Maryland. And uh, so now Scott Frost has the two most, uh, the two highest scoring outputs for Nebraska in the Big Ten. So it just kind of goes to show you what this offense 
can do or what it's designed to do when it's in rhythm, uh, in my opinion anyway. The most offensive yards Northwestern has given up under Pat Fitzgerald, 657. I couldn't believe that number. I knew Ouch. we moved the ball well, but... Ouch. That one. Yeah, that one hurts. <laughs> That's a lot of yards. It's crazy what our offense can do, and it's like looks sharp and clean and not letting someone tackle the quarterback every play. Mm-hmm. And we made some offensive line changes from what I understand. What were your thoughts about that? Obviously, it worked out, I but... Mean, I don't really like have thoughts on it it's like it's not like oh yeah this is gonna be a better change or whatever just i guess see what happens and it looked better so i mean they looked far better this week i I don't really know how much of an opponent northwestern is being they're really slow linebacker wise and vertically so um i mean i don't really know how much that tells us but yeah that's the best game they've played all season up front so i mean i guess that's a positive uh i like to see prochaska in there he's a good player. I like to see him in. Um, yeah, I mean, they played well. I'd say you make a good point. Northwestern, we don't really know how good they actually are. Probably not much at all. Probably not great. But you mentioned at the game there was more push in this in this game compared to Fordham. So I would say it helped to push at least somebody around a little bit to show that we could actually do it confidence-wise. Yeah, Michigan's going to be definitely a little bit of a different beast. Um, but, yeah, we'll we'll just take it one game at a time, I guess, and see where they go from there. Yeah, but obviously the running backs, we had, they had a little bit of a shakeup there. In my uh, opinion, it was kind of a large shakeup from what the running back order kind of was before, although we don't really have a super great idea what that was because first it seemed like, Gabe Irving, and then Step was the go-to back for one game, and then it was Ramir Johnson the last few games, and now Jaquez Yant gets most of the carries and did pretty well. Yeah, he definitely looked good. He was a guy that we found out that came into camp 25 pounds overweight, um, and they didn't let him play until he met that weight goal. Um, So they got him down to, what, like 230-something, and – Wow, yeah, that's a big dude. He runs hard. He runs just like, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say other than just he's a freight train back there. I I said after the spring game he's going to be our next great running back, and that game kind of shows why. I mean, he just rarely gets tackled by the first guy that touches him. Yeah, he looked quick too for a guy his size anyway. Uh, he had that one huge run that went – for what it was more than 50, 50, 60 yards. He kind of broke into the open field and showed a nice little stiff arm move. So it'll be something to look for in the Michigan game, at least. I don't, I don't know if against a stronger defense like Michigan, if you try and probably mix it up a little bit more with Ramir and Jacques Yant would be my guess. It seems like Marquis Step is a little bit in the doghouse, like we mentioned, but he got some carries. Yeah, he got put in the doghouse this week. I think he didn't really catch the field until after Brody Belt, so uh, I don't know what he did, but he must have had a couple bad practices. And as far as passing the ball goes, didn't really have to do a whole lot of it after the first play of the game, but 202 yards for Adrian, the long touchdown to Torre uh, at the end. That was still in the third quarter, I believe, but he only threw it 17 times to 
uh, 11 yards per completion, and 11 different players caught a pass on 15 completions. So that's kind of interesting how we spread the ball around. I think, in my opinion, I've always been harping how we underutilize Omar Manning, but having him with one catch, I'll take that, you know, if 11 total guys have a reception, I'd say. Yeah, there was no one on the team with more than two catches today, So, um, but 11 people caught a pass. And I don't know why I said today because it was three days ago, but, yeah, they spread the ball around really well. They got everyone involved. It seems like these all these big names that we heard about for two, three years are now starting to pop up into our feed into uh, and also into the games. And we're just seeing talent play, and there's so much talent in this offense that it's a lot of people to play, and – that's kind of what happens when you have so much talent on offense is you have no one catch more than two passes the whole game. Um, like you said, they set the tone the first play of the game um, with the however long that that 70 yards. Yeah, 70 yards on the first play of the game. And AM just AM2 just kind of never looked back. He, you know, more than enough did his job this game with 11 for 17, 202 yards. Three rushing touchdowns all in the first quarter and then a throwing touchdown in that third quarter, I believe, mm-hmm. um, for a 95.4 quarterback rating. And that shows you the difference between a good quarterback and uh, probably a bad one is Ryan Helinski had a 24.7 quarterback rating. Not good at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the same story that we've heard from Adrian all year. He's doing enough. He's doing more than enough to win his football games. It's, he's, he's really not the problem right now. If we do have a problem, I mean, I didn't. There wasn't really a problem in this last game, but um, yeah, he's he's doing enough. Adrian looks good with the rock. Yeah, for sure. Only 19 yards and penalties. No penalties in the first half. That's something to be positive about. No turnovers the whole game. Five of six in the red zone for five touchdowns. Uh, red zone scoring had been a problem finishing off drives. Uh, mix that in with a lot of those big plays, like those two long catches to Torre and some. Long runs from Yant or whoever's getting the rock at the time, uh, that'll make us hard to defend if we're finishing drives in the red zone. So, Oh, 100%. And we haven't really been a great red zone team this year. Um, so it was nice to just see him finish drives and not have to kick a field goal the whole game. Um, you know, I, it's just enjoyable to not see us have to kick four field goals a game or whatever. Um, just really punch it in. Gives the offense so much confidence of um, punching it in consistently. It makes the it makes the end zone look bigger when they can consistently get in it. When you are on a team that you know four or five trips to the red zone, you're stalling out and you're having to kick a field goal. It gets really tough mentally to try to put it into the end zone, and that end zone looks really like a lot smaller. So. Um, being able to just get it in, get it in the end zone so freely, definitely made it easier. Um, once they got inside the twenty, just mentally and just confidence-wise, definitely set the tone right off the bat with the passatory. I think that was huge. Coming out of the second, or coming out of halftime into the second half, the eighty-three-yard run by Xavier Betts setting the tone again. So hopefully that's something. I mean, obviously, if you could get 70 yards on the first play of a half every time, you would you would do it. Uh, easier said than done, obviously, but 
you know, setting the tone like that will be something important leading to next week. And I don't know, transitioning to the defense a little bit, uh, four sacks for the team, uh, something we've been missing a little bit, I would say. Uh, you know, I don't, not trying to, that's, that's nitpicking the defense because they've been good all year, but uh, less than 300 yards allowed. And the run defense, I mean, ended up 37 yards, but that's even a little bit misleading because a lot of those came late. I think they had negative two yards rushing. That was like even late in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. Yeah, they had negative three and negative two rushing yards like halfway through the third quarter. Yeah. Insane. And yeah. JoJo Doman, I mean, he's a leader. He's a stud. <laughs> three tackles for loss. Two sack. Two of those are sacks. And two forced fumbles, keeping them off the scoreboard in the red zone. Um, and then obviously the other two sacks uh one came from caleb tanner which is really encouraging in my opinion because i know he's has so much potential and garrett nelson with another another sack he's just been all over the field all year long just a great player and so i i pose a question do we have the best now i don't know how you characterize tanner i'm in a three four i guess he's technically an outside linebacker and jojo doman's technically a defensive back yeah he's a he's a nickel yeah so Still, that was standing, looking at Tanner, looking at uh, Nelson, Reimer, Nick Heinrich. Do we have the best linebacker core in the Big Ten, you think? Probably the most consistent. I don't – I mean, it depends how you summarize that. If you say talent-wise, no. But the way that they play together, you know, there's a dang good chance. They play really good football. They fill their gaps. Um, like I said, they might not be – the most talented, like speed-wise, um, yeah. strength-wise, just athleticism-wise. But they're getting coached up really well there. Um, they look like they're just consistently in the right spot. There's not a whole lot of times where they're not where they're, or where they're not supposed to be. Um, so, you know, whether that's the run defense and, you know, just staying home and not letting someone break off a big run, or in the pass defense, you know, just filling – filling a hole, don't let someone catch a seam or something like that and get downfield. They're definitely very, very consistent in not allowing a big play to happen, which is huge from a linebacker core, and that's really like the main objective of linebackers is don't allow guys to get big big plays. I mean, you mm -hmm. guys are like the barriers of that, like that threshold. Like it's if your linebacker core sucks, there's going to be a lot of big plays committed against you. Um and yeah, it's going to be tough to play football. And our defense is our defense's backbone is definitely our linebacker core. So I would I, I I don't know I I don't I don't know the Big Ten linebacker cores enough. I mean I know Iowa's defense yeah. is insane, but I have no clue like their pieces. I don't I I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, that's just the thing. Uh but we have played one more game than everybody outside of Illinois. What that withstanding, we have three linebackers in the top ten in the conference in tackles. So, yeah. But you know, if you're thinking six, seven tackles a game, then uh, obviously we played one more game. So that's that's also a factor. Uh, moving on to oh yeah, was that just total tackles? That was total tackles. Oh yeah, total tackles. I mean, yeah. There's <laughs> wait till our bye week to say something like that. Yeah, but still, I'm just saying, like we're up, we're up there. So it wouldn't if if it was 
if I could find a tackle per game stat, I'm sure they wouldn't all be in the top ten, but they would all probably be up there. Um, yeah. Anything else on the defense you can think of that you were just like, I mean, it was kind of like they played well, but that's not really like new. <laughs> yeah, their, you know? their turnover when it was uh, 28 to 7. Yeah, 28 to 7. That turnover was huge. Um, that basically put the game out of reach if, if it wasn't already. I mean, that score would have made it a 14 point ball game. So they would have had a chance. It would have been 14 to 18 when they were on the goal line. And JoJo, uh, JoJo forced the fumble. DeAndre Thomas fell on it. Um, it all started with that the deny on the QB sneak on first play, and so they didn't want to run that again and decided to do a little handoff, and they just broke through and made a really good play. But that set the tone for the rest of the game and basically put it out of reach because it was a 21-point ball game. They're on the verge of making it 14, and we go right down and make it 35-7 to seven and go up 28, and that the game's over at that point. Like When you're up 35-7, that, that's, a, that's a done deal. Um, so yeah, props to them. That was definitely the biggest stop of the game, the biggest momentum shift of the game. If there was any, I mean, we really, I, I wouldn't say momentum shift actually, because I think we just had momentum the whole game, but I mean, that's where we just, our confidence grew in that point. That would have been a point where Northwestern definitely could have taken some of that back because yeah, people are like, like, they score a touchdown and people start looking at the scoreboard and they're like, well, we're up by two scores, which is nice, but we were just up by like, or, you know, it felt like we were basically up by you know, four scores. Yeah, and that momentum shift was not so much on us because we already had all the confidence. It it was more so on the fact that Northwestern lost a bunch of confidence with that and just, like, being morally, or, um, morally defeated at that point when they, um, you know, put up a good drive and come out, should have scored a touchdown there and don't, and then we go down and make a 28-point ball game. Like, that's super, super defeating um, as a team that that just happened to. Yeah, and I just have a note down that literally that one drive was, I don't know, the secondary played well all game um, outside of the one drive. It was just like back-to-back, like 40-yard passes, and it'll be something that, uh, I don't know, not not like huge concern, just something to keep in mind, keep an eye on, because I know Michigan hit a couple big passes against Wisconsin. That's not really their bread and butter, though. Um, I know they have a couple – fairly talented receivers so uh but I think my end point to that would be I just I trust our secondary I have from the get-go so we're gonna we're gonna lean on that Deontay Williams has two interceptions already so maybe he can build on that number against some what I would call pedestrian quarterbacks at Michigan but any any final comments about pedestrian (laughs) (laughs) any final comments about what the uh 56 to 7 drubbing oh just the whole game yeah um yeah the penalty yards only had 19 of them and all 19 kind of just came in scrub time and zero turnovers which is cool i think this is literally the first game all year that we've won the turnover battle so that makes sense why the score was like that very cool unlucky that it took six games to win the turnover battle in a game but here we are and 19 yards penalty-wise is just clean football, especially when they all came in garbage time and had no effect on the game. Um, it's Yeah, it, it just shows you what clean football looks like, and that's something that we have barely seen a Scott Frost-led team do in the past three years. 
Um, I want to bring up two past games here. Um, so the first game, and I'm, I'm going to say the, the scores and who we were playing at the end. Um, the first game, we had 32 first downs. The other team had 14. We had 674 total yards. The other team had 299. Um, but So that's just ridiculous. But we had 10 penalties for 70 yards, and we had four turnovers when they had one. We had the ball for 15 more minutes than them. Game two, we have 27 first downs. They have nine. 620 total yards, and they have 252. Um, but we have nine penalties for 56 yards and four turnovers once again. Two fumbles, two interceptions thrown when they only have one. And then the final one, 28 first downs to 17, 657 yards to 293. Um, but the difference you see here is we have four penalties and no turnovers compared to the other team's one. Now, the first game I said sounds like it, we would have won by 30 points if – we took care of the ball, and we didn't get penalties. The score of this game was 42-38 to 38 in a small victory over Illinois in 2019. Next mm. week we get college game day, get slaughtered. Um, but t- sloppy football, we're the better team, buying away, and we went by four points. Second game, just last year, our last game against Rutgers, 28-21. to 21. We win by seven points when we have 400 more yards than them including 240 more rushing yards. They only have nine first downs. We have 27. That is bad that we only won that game by seven. It's because we had four turnovers when the other other team only had one. I mean, that's it. And we had twice the amount of penalties as them. This game shows you what that scoreboard should look like when we do this to a team. When we outrush a team by 200-plus yards – or no, f- almost 400 yards, and we have almost, what, 350 more yards in them? This is what the scoreboard should look like. This is what it is right here, 56 to 7, and it should look like this more often. If we play like this, this is a good football team. The, the thing, the, that, that's the difference is we've been able to outgain teams for four years. We've been doing that. That's not new. We've done that, just like the Illinois game and just like the Rutgers game. We've had dominant offensive performances that have just been plagued by turnovers and uh, penalties. And this year, we haven't seen turnovers that much, but we have seen our fair share penalties that have been drive killers. So it's like, yeah, awesome. This is incredible. This is what we see when this happens. Like This is what happens when the bar is met. When that bar is met, this is what happens. But when we constantly did that, those things where it's like, all right, we're setting the bar high. This is like we should be doing this, and we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. So, I mean, that this is basically what I'm getting at is this is the difference here is the turnovers and penalties, and it's been a three-year thing to try to get rid of these things. And so far this year, that's the difference. We look better because turnovers and penalties. It, I mean, we've seen us move the ball for four years. There's not been that many games where we just can't score points. Other yeah. than maybe Michigan, um, our first year, and then two games against Ohio State, one game against Ohio State. Um, it, it's yeah, it's it's that's the big difference is just being able to convert the talent and success uh, on the recruiting path, and 
honestly, like scheme wise into success on the field and in the scoreboard. Sure. But yeah. that's my little not it wasn't really rant, but it was like a <laughs> it was like a hey, this is what happens when you play clean football. Like you win by fifty points like you should yeah. many games. Because this scheme works. These coaches, their schemes work. Like the, the the players, they work. Like they we have enough in there to work. It's just about doing the small things and doing things properly and not shooting ourselves in the foot. And we'll make a bowl game this year. I mean, we have so much talent. We can beat anyone left on our roster if we play well enough. Mm-hmm. It's just we we got to see that. We sure. See that. I think uh, the turnover thing. I don't think that's been necessarily turnovers or penalties. I don't know if that's really been a secret to why we've been, you know, failing. But it was interesting how you pointed out those games and those numbers where we actually outgain teams by so much and it's something i've kind of forgot about but i do remember that illinois game where we outgained them by almost 400 yards and win by four you know that's just like that shouldn't happen and we've outgained teams by 150 200 yards in lost games and i would like to throw special teams in that conversation too and uh one punt for 84 yards so things are doing better the longest punt in college football this year we went from the worst special teams unit in the nation to the best punt in college football in 2021. I don't know how the hell we did it, but it was only one punt. So it was only one punt. <laughs> it honestly came at the worst time, like a good, the worst time for a good punt. Yeah. Uh, so that's where you need to get your seven yarders out of the way is at that moment. But and not like when you're up by seven in the fourth quarter to Michigan State. Yeah, that would that would have been pretty neat, but you know. Uh, that's just we don't I guess we don't deserve that. But <laughs> well speaking of Michigan schools, um we hope to have a better result against the second Michigan school we play. We wait, get wait, them here. Wait, who's that? Uh I don't know. They're the they're like named after some rodent, earthly rodent burying burrowing animal. Wait, do Wolverines burrow on the ground? I don't know. My Wolverine facts. I don't think so <laughs> i have the michigan no wolverines oh that's who we play okay <laughs> from good old ann arbor michigan or as ohio state likes to call them that team up north um they are number nine in the ap poll which is would say a lot at this time of year most most years but honestly this year has just been a i mean it's just been a cluster outside of you know, um, the top two teams in the Big Ten and SEC. Outside of those two teams, it's kind of like, I don't really know. You can throw Cincinnati in there. I'll throw Cincinnati in there as, like, a team. But uh, anyway, yeah, they're number nine. Their offense is good uh, on the ground, and a lot of people are excited about McCarthy, their younger quarterback. Uh, Yawn. Yeah. Uh, but they are 12th in the Big Ten in passing, uh, passing yards per game, but they're second in scoring because they run for 255 yards per game. But they didn't particularly have great success running the ball against Wisconsin. The context on that, Wisconsin's giving up 45 rushing yards per game. But anyway, their offense is definitely like they've put up points, but it's not like they're world beaters. I mean... And our defense has showed up and played well throughout the year. So when it comes to 
Michigan having the ball and us being on defense, that's probably one of the main uh, the main things I'm going to watch is do we stop the run against Michigan? Because obviously we've done it uh, throughout the year, but Michigan uh, has a little bit better offensive line than we've seen. So uh, that'll be something I'll be watching. What uh, What's kind of got your eye on this game, Nolan? Um, yeah, their defense versus our offense is something that's my main concern. I'm confident in our defense to hold them under, I'm not even going to say a number, but um, <laughs> a, I'm Smart. confident our defense into holding them at a number to where we can win the game. Um, yeah. But they're it's yeah cool we just scored you know 56 against northwestern but i just like i said i need to see this consistency out of this offense and i need to see this offense show up every week um so it's a tough michigan front seven and they're gonna be tough and they're gonna make us earn all of our points they only allow 12.8 points per game i mean you thought our defense was good theirs is you know not definitely not worse us averaging 15.5 points per game and then averaging 12.8 allowed, sorry, on the defense. Um, But, yeah, I'd say we have a little better offense, and I think that they have a little better defense. So it's just going to be a dogfight here in Lincoln. Yeah, and like you alluded to uh, before, turnovers. You take care of the ball, you're probably going to win the game. But uh, something to keep an eye on uh, that would concern me you know, like you said, I think our offense, you know, talent-wise anyway, we definitely have more talent. You know, we've had tr- troubles in the red zone. Seems like we've maybe got that figured out at least against a worse defense in Northwestern. But, you know, the, the potential's there. But just something to keep an eye on. Michigan's defense uh, is forcing 1.2 uh, turnovers a game, which isn't actually as much as I had originally thought. But, yeah, they're 10th in forcing turnovers. But we're 11th enforcing turnovers as far Whoa. as as far as turning the ball over we're Whoa. actually only sixth sixth worst in the conference or seventh or oh excuse me ninth in turnovers that. jesus <laughs> anyway too many numbers um yeah basically we've took taken care of the ball better so far this year but uh yeah, anyway, it's just another thing to keep an eye on. <laughs> yeah, they don't pass the ball that much. Um, quarterback's only thrown 81 passes this year. That's, I mean, we run the ball a lot, and Martinez almost has double his passing attempts. And, yeah, he's had one extra game, but I don't really care that much. That's still a crazy amount more. Um, but, yeah, their, their running back has 521 yards on the year. Um they're definitely going to try to pound the rock against us and use that O-line and just push us. So uh, we'll probably see a lot of JoJo Doman, I suspect. and But also at the same time, probably just a standard 3-4 set. Honestly, I have no clue what we're going to run against these guys, but hopefully the defense uh, plays plays really well. I think this is going to be a low, pretty low-scoring game. The over-under set at 50, and I don't think that's going to hit the over. I think it's going to be less than that. That's even yeah. pretty. That's even pretty low for college football. I mean, that's twenty-five points per team. I don't think. I don't think that's hidden. I think. I think whoever loses is going to get put on like seventeen, and it's going to be a really close game. But you know, I don't really know. This is our chance to prove to everyone that we belong. 
um, bringing the ninth-ranked team in the nation to the town of Lincoln, Nebraska, on primetime ABC at 6.30 on Saturday. Um, so, you know, that's going to be neat. It's going to give us an opportunity to, you know, just not be made fun of anymore in the college football community. Um, I don't think I've ever wanted to win a game more than I do right now. Uh, I, like, even for the Oklahoma game, I just assumed that we would lose, so I wasn't really getting my hopes up. But, you know, other than maybe a couple Iowa games, but also at the same time, we never really were playing for anything when we when we played Iowa. And I see this Michigan team as an opportunity to gain respect, not only from the Big Ten, but also from the nation again. I think everyone kind of, you know, doesn't treat us uh, with a whole lot of respect nowadays. And, and I think if we win this game, I think we get that respect back and, you know, really say that we can beat anyone. Um, but, you know, we will see if we do it. But like I said, I just really hope for, you know, all the boys on the team, for Scott Frost and for all the Nebraska fans, I we deserve this win, man. Like, we deserve to beat this team. We've been struggling for so long, and – it's been a tough couple of years, especially under Frost, and I think that, that whole program, and as well as its fans, deserve it. Yeah. Uh, talk about program-defining wins, and it's hard to put into context sometimes, but Michigan, five games into the year, 5-0, and oh, won other games by at least 21 points outside of the Rutgers game at home. Somehow they only won that one by seven. Uh, so, But outside of Rutgers, uh, they haven't really played anyone super great. But I think it's safe to say Michigan is a top, definitely a top five team in the Big Ten and, uh, you know, maybe even better. So to win a game like this at home, at night, like you said, on ABC in front of a national crowd uh, on TV, I would say this, without a doubt, would be the the biggest win for Scott Frost if we can pull it out and uh, would definitely signal a turn of the corner for this program under Scott Frost. And we know the talent's there. It'll just be making game-winning plays, which are hard to define in in the time when they happen, or especially before the game, but you know, a third down conversion there, uh, third down conversion here, a red zone conversion into a touchdown there, you know, a couple nice drives before the end of the half, a couple nice drives coming out of the half. Those are important times, and you know, it'll be the little things. You know, does our offense? Our, does our offensive line block? <laughs> which just sounds which just sounds weird because it's kind of their main job, but it's that'd not be, as easy as it super, sounds either. Yeah, that'd be super super neat if they do that. Um, but yeah, we'll see on Saturday. Not much uh, really else to talk about this. I mean, oh, I was gonna say just quickly. Uh, not allowed. All right, this might be the shortest game. Uh, in Scott Frost's era because both these teams lead the conference in rushing attempts and rushing yards per game. Uh, and, yes, that is rushing attempts per game also. Um, so uh, probably a lot of ground game. I would expect us to mix in a handful of first down passing as well just because their defensive line is – you can't just 
chalk it up and run on first down every time, obviously. Chalk. So uh, expect a lot of run, though, from both teams. Probably more from Michigan, but nevertheless, um, do we want to get into score predictions, or, or was there something else you wanted to? Uh, the draft. Oh, the draft. Do yeah. I do the draft and then score predictions? Your mic. Yeah, talking to it. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, let's do the draft. Um, if you guys don't know, every week we do a all-time draft, we call it. Um, but it's basically whoever Nebraska football is playing for the week. We do an all-time draft where Bondo and I both snake draft um, a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, O-lineman, D-lineman, linebacker, DB, and a coach. And then we... Uh, go all the way through, pick our own teams, and then we put it to a vote and see who our listeners think is the best team. And I don't think I ever put the poll out for the last one. Not going to lie. For um, Michigan State, don't think I ever put it out. So I don't know know how we want to figure that one out, but (laughs) you want to just flip another coin to see who goes first? Yeah. Hey, Siri. All right, which one are you going to pick? Tails. Flip a coin. Ah, it's heads. Fucker. I'm happy with second pick. All right. Well, uh... Which position is most valuable in this scenario? Uh, I would say head coach. Go with mm. Fielding H. Yost. I am probably going to pick, uh, probably going to pick just the best overall player in I this. I know who you're picking. I know who you're picking. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. I bet you a dollar. Okay. Are you going to tell me who you think I'm going to pick? So then that way I can... Absolutely not. I'll write it on my phone. Well, then how how am I going to trust that... I'll write it on my phone. Okay. And then you say it. I honestly don't know who I'm going to pick, so I'm not sure how you would guess, but you somehow have wizardry like that every once in a while. Uh, I'm going to say just based on... Demand for the position because there's not that many great Michigan quarterbacks. I'm going to say Tom Brady. Give me my dollar. Okay. I, I deserve a dollar as I'm, I'm showing him my phone note that says Tom Brady on it. I didn't see you type anything before. Well, I showed you the thing of Tom Brady. <laughs> Uh, Charles Woodson is my pick. That's a good uh, pick. And then... Ooh, let me put these dog in the team. And... Um, Desmond Howard. At what? Receiver, I guess? Yep. Cool, cool, cool. I'm going to pick... Anthony... Well, let's see. No, I'm not going to oh, do that. Fuck, am I going to have to go with Donard Robinson? Fuck. 
There's someone else you could pick if you find him or just think. I'm not picking Jim Harbaugh. Uh, wow, this is harder than I thought. I only know this from watching football in the early 2000s, uh, like replays, but Mike Hart was a pretty good running back, so. God, there's a lot of mediocre quarterbacks I could pick. Yep, but now you got time since we're only doing one position, so you got time to think about it. Interesting. I have time. Um, hmm. You got two, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, why Jake you, Long scroll tackle. Down to the, scroll down to the bottom of the thing, of the document. Okay. Jake Long tackle. Why are you still typing stuff in there? Because I'll copy and paste it, bud. You're balling, dude. Hmm. I guess that probably would have been a good pick if I would have done that. Well, of course it would have been a good pick. It's my pick. No, I wasn't talking about yours. Shocker. Yeah, come on. I mean, what do you think I'm talking about here, Dode? I told you what I thought you were talking about. Damn. <laughs> I guess I could do that. I mean, he's played 14 positions. Uh, Fuck it. Jabril Peppers. And at linebacker, by the way, linebacker, should I just make my quarterback, actually? <laughs> I think that might be the move. Uh, Could be. I'll get Jake Long on the line. I literally just picked him. I already have him, though. I, I picked him before you. I already had him. I picked him in the first round. You're What? Yeah. Stop cheating. What are you doing? What are you doing? You picked Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson I after no I picked clue Tom what Brady. You're talking about. Okay. He's being difficult, so we'll give him whatever he wants. Um, no, I, that, I'm not. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, shoot. Dude, pick, wow, pick Chad had, Henney. They have not had. Good. Huh. <laughs> I'm looking at these rankings, and I just got two great names back to back. <laughs> they do not have a lot of good running backs, I don't think. Do they? No, I mean, eh, they kind of have had some decent ones. Not like any like I don't NFL know. names. Yeah, I don't know any of those guys. I knew who Mike Hart was from like 2005. Um, man. Who do I go here with? Go uh, here with? Yeah. Oh, I think you go here with. This is, my team is so bad. I should have picked way differently than I did. Um, I'll go with um, Mike Hart at running back. Again, I picked him. <laughs> Brandon Graham. Okay. Is that two picks for you? Yeah. Uh, Wait, can I actually get Tom Brady? Yeah. Actually, you can. 
So I will go with people I know. So Taco Charlton, because he was one of the best defensive linemen in their history. And it was recent, so maybe I can get some recency bias uh, on that. And he's got a cool name. Who in the hell do I pick at quarterback? I'm not picking Chad Henning. All right, I have... What in the hell? I should have picked him. No. There's no way this is true. Are you kidding me? Are you reading this? You must be reading the same list I was. You're talking about Gerald Ford? Yeah. I'm I should have picked him. <laughs> I was thinking about it. Oh, that would have been so smart. That's sick. Fucking Gerald Ford. I don't know if he was actually good or is it just like I mean, this was a popularity contest. Was it like 37 that he was there? Like, It's from Omaha, obviously. Uh, Only Nebraska-born president. Oh, Jake Butt. Mm. Mm, all right, what position have we both not filled? Uh, neither. Oh, coach. Okay, we got a little coach going on here. Coachy coach. I haven't necessarily picked Gerald Ford. Oh, did you not pick uh, Taco and whatever his name was? What? Gerald Ford? Oh, never mind. I'm lucky. Fuck it, I'll just take Gerald Ford. Why not? I can't think of anybody else. <laughs> oh, shit. He was a linebacker, by the way, for anyone that was wondering. <laughs> oh, shit, that's funny. Did he never... Who was the coach of Michigan when they won Natties? It's probably for... Some research worth it. Words hard. Uh, what years did they win? Okay, every year but ones that like mattered. Nineteen ninety-seven. Okay, that's car. Forty-eight, forty-seven. Oh my god, dude! They can't claim any of these. These are such bullshit. 1901, 1902, 1903, 1904, 1918, and 1923. So they just four peated at the beginning of the the century and then just thrived when the Great Depression hit. And that's when their football team was nuts. Huh. We'll pick their coach from that era then. The Great Depression, dude. Sure. All right. Jim Harbaugh. You're actually picking Jim Harbaugh? No, I got Fielding H. Yost. Apparently a legendary coach during the Great Depression. Yeah, and he didn't coach in 1924 either. Was there, maybe they didn't have Oh, and then they have two more unclaimed titles in 25 and 26. What's going on there? And then he retired. Um. Well, so I got a lot of options then. I can. I got one more. Oh, yeah. I mean, for coach. But, but you yeah. can just go because we have no overlaps anymore okay because i pretty much have my team all picked out already i'm taking bo Schembechler. he had some legendary uh legendary battles with uh woody uh gosh who was the ohio state coach you got it woody hayes yeah there it is and then God, I was taking dude. I'll take Anthony Carr at receiver and Ty Law at corner. 
A defensive big. There we go. There's my team. Bum, bada, bum, boom, 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 boom. This list has Tom Brady at ninth in Michigan history. He's definitely their best NFL player of all time, but I mean, obviously, but uh, as far as college goes, I mean, Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson are their Heisman winners. So you have both their Heisman winners. Yeah, Congratulations. I'm going to go Brian Greasy their quarter for quarterback. <laughs> My dad hates Brian Greasy <laughs> because, Why? because, uh, see, uh, I'll try and find the clip. It was. 1997. Running back, we- I'm going with Tyrone Wheat- Wheatley. Okay. It was 1997. It was like the first, the last year of the the old like bowl coalition line, or whatever. I'm going with Dan D- Deerdorf. That makes my team. There we go. Cool. What were you gonna say about Brian Greasy? Uh, he was like pleading to the media to rank Michigan. Like he was basically crying to the media to play to p- place Michigan number one in the rankings um, in 1997. If you try to say Nebraska and that great man Scott Frost don't deserve a national championship, it's basically that what he type said. of pleading. <sighs> that type of pleading. I'm assuming. Yeah, it was just like it was just like, what else do we have to do to win to get number one? Like after that, you won his bowl game or whatever. He was like crying. It's kind of funny. Cool. Um, well, let's move into uh, the betting, and then let's get out of here. Cool, cool, cool. So the spread is right now three and a half, according to ESPN. We will. See if that moves up or down at all, but right now it's three and a half. So who do you got, and by how much? Um, God, this is a hard one to pick. I don't want to be the negative guy that picks against Nebraska. Holy hell, are you actually going to finally pick against Nebraska? I mean, Nebraska is five and one against the spread, hence why I'm five and one against the spread. Also. <laughs> So, I mean, this is, like, not the worst idea in the world to just stick with my guns on that one. Uh, I mean, I could see us losing by a field goal also, so then it would be, like, that would be, like, my cop-out to, like, say we cover. I was kind of thinking after they beat up on Washington and Northern Illinois – I was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to really have much of a chance. And they only beat Rutgers by seven. Um, they really struggled to put Rutgers away. And then they dominated All right, who do you got? the Wisconsin team. Who do you got and what's the score? I'll say, I'll say uh, Nebraska, Nebraska 24, uh, Michigan 20. Book it. 24-20 Nebraska? Yeah. Whoa. So then the under hits as well? Sure, if we want to keep track of that. I'm going 17-27 Michigan. 
dude, why are you picking against us? Do you want us to lose? No, but I'm usually wrong, so that'd be neat. <laughs> I honestly, it it's like one of those games where you're like, we, like at home, at night, like we should win. This should be the game we like oh, break through awesome. and win. So I'm just going to go ahead and pick it and say we've corrected some of our mistakes that we've been making for four years under Frost, and then you tack on another three years of Riley into that conversation. Yeah, it'd be sick. And we've started to minimize those, so I see that trending upward. And so I think we finally make a game-winning play, and it's got to happen eventually. So why not now? Yeah, that'd be neat when I just – yeah, I think Michigan's a pretty dang good team. They look – Good from top to bottom, and even though we finally played a really clean football game, I'm not convinced that we can do it against a good team, and until we do that, I'm not going to say we can. So I'm just going to say this, but also at the same time, I could see Michigan winning by three and Nebraska still covering, um, which would be kind of funny. In that sense, we would split then for the week with you getting – or me getting outright winner, but then you getting spread. But we'll see how that goes, but I think that's all we got. Uh, Any final comments? You want to run through Michigan's schedule one more time? I was just trying to uh, have an opinion rooted in, in fact, and the fact being that I d- I'm not I'm impressed by the 17 or 21 point win in Camp Randall, but not impressed enough because Wisconsin's kind of not that good. Yeah, there is that. Is anything else you to say? <laughs> no. Okay. Cool. Um, well. I think that's going to do it for this pod. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, at do, Cut do to the Corn. Hey, you said it this time. I did say it. Holy smokes, that's pretty good. Good work. <laughs> but I have nothing else to say. I don't think so. This podcast is over. Okay, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>